Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first true episode of our podcast. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> Hopefully, this goes well. If you could, please subscribe, like, and pass on the word about this podcast. We'd really appreciate it. We're not famous yet, but we <laughs> can be with your help. Yeah, so if you guys share it on your stories, be sure to tag us. Let us know. Let us know what you think about it. Um, ask us questions. Like we said before, you guys are picking the topics. We're just discussing. And one thing, we go on a hike every Saturday morning, and we that's when we have really great conversations because Jordan, I don't know what your partner is like, but Jordan is not a feelings person. He does not discuss feelings very much at all. But I found when we go on walks, he will talk a lot more. It's like he's preoccupied with moving and I feel like his emotions just kind of come out. So anyways, we were talking today on the walk about how important it is to be surrounded by people who aren't exactly like you, right? Is that kind of what we were going to Surrounded by, but yeah, have, have, uh, conflicting opinions in your life, you know, be not, not that you're looking for a challenging conversation every time you have a conversation, but it's okay to be open to some conversations that you might not be comfortable with and some viewpoints and opinions and things like that. Yeah, and we're not going to be exactly like you, and there might be some topics where they're like, yeah, that's that's the same way I think, and there might be some that were completely not the same as you, and I think that's really important and necessary because right now I feel like the climate is, if you're not exactly like me, you're against me, and I think that's just a very toxic way to live. Um, weren't you saying that you follow an atheist? Yeah, so I try to, I try to practice what I preach here, so I do... Although I'm I'm pretty rock ribbed conservative, you would say more libertarian leaning, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, I listen to NPR. I listen to the One A Show on NPR daily, and sometimes I have to choke choke it down when they're saying their things. But I just go with it. And then uh, I listen to Sam Harris, who's a devout. I don't think is the word you use, but a uh, very hardcore atheist bashes Christianity on a regular basis. But um, just because they don't agree with you on everything doesn't mean they don't have some useful things to to tell you. So. Yeah, and I think that's important because it sucks being judged. I think all of us know what it feels like to have somebody not agree with you and then judge you or cut you out of their life. And we just try really hard. And it's so easy to judge. I still We still do it. And it's like, okay, we have to take a step back and realize not everybody sees the world that we do. You don't know what you don't know. And you haven't experienced things that other people have experienced. And what I'm saying is I hope this podcast, you know, um, you guys allow us to have that space and maybe let's just put the judgment aside and just get to know each other and learn. I think that's what this world's missing right now, honestly. Don't you? It wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Okay. So. So Allie wrote the topics. I saw her writing. There was like 30 of them or 40. Yeah. We have a lot of topics in here and we're just going to pick one out of a hat and she said maybe like four or five of my lot. So she's written them all down. So she has some degree of knowledge. I have zero degree of knowledge. At yeah. Least. He has no idea. I mean, except for like, she said like three or four out loud. Yeah. So, that was it. so we didn't want this to be like, do you want to, you pick it. All right. This is a true 100% random blind draw. Uh -oh. Hopefully you guys are go. entertained by this. I know, it's like, I'm, I really am sort of nervous here. I'm nervous too. Go. All right. <clears throat> How to grow together. I'm in therapy, he isn't, and it's hard on marriage. Whew. That's that's a good one. Heavy hitting on episode one. All right. I I remember writing this one and I was like, oh, this is actually like I feel pretty good about talking about this because I think it is I think do you want me to start this or would you like you, to start you, it? You can crank it. Okay, so we've been married going on four 
Well, I get so confused. It'll be 14. 13. No, 13 years. 13 years. We have been married almost 13 years. And I know that we have struggled a lot. And it sounds bad when you say we've struggled a lot because it hasn't been awful. But there has been times where I'm like, okay, we need to do this, Jordan. You need to want to work on our marriage. And he's probably like, what are you even talking about? Like, is something wrong with our marriage? And I just remember it was probably like year seven. I don't, I don't know exactly what year it was, but I remember being like, we need to go to therapy or, <laughs> and or you need to read this book with me. And I was like pissed. Cause you were like, Ugh. like you weren't excited about it. And I wanted him to be excited about reading this book as a, as a partner. And you were just like, I'll read it with you. And I was like, why aren't you more excited? Does that mean you don't love me? Like so bad. Yeah, it was super annoying. I remember this. Yeah, she's like, maybe we should go to therapy. I'm like, I was like, I, I don't think so. To address kind of the question specifically, you know, he, he, I'm in therapy and he isn't. So you have to understand, it, you went to therapy because you, you saw some sort of deficiency and you thought this person could help you. Um, if you're asking him to go to therapy, uh, if he doesn't see the need for therapy, it's gonna be hard. If he doesn't see the need for therapy. You telling him to go to therapy means you need to go fix yourself. That's what that's that's how he's perceiving it. And until he sees the need to go to therapy, if he needs it, maybe he doesn't actually need to. Um, but like you're literally saying, like, so you have chosen to fix your situation. And I think I was doing that as well with Jordan. Yeah, you were exactly. You were, saying, like, you were saying you can't fix this. Yes. And as guys, that's really really hard because like that's we're, we're supposed to be able to handle our stuff. Um, I'm personally. I guess maybe agnostic on therapy. I think I can see the value in it. Um, but I could also see it as being rife with a lot of charlatans and people who are just collecting a whole lot of money just to like, seriously, like, didn't we talk about this like 80 times already? So I, I don't, I knew I would not be able to go to a therapist and, and that frustrated me a little bit because it wouldn't have been good Yeah. to me. It was saying, I don't want to work on our marriage, but that's not what you were saying. Not at all. No. I, 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 what I was saying was, I don't think this is going to help at all. It's going to be a waste of my time and it's insulting. That's how I perceived it. And I was like, this would be a bonding experience. <laughs> I can say 100%. There would be nothing bonding about that. Now, again, if there were some wounds or something that might need to be dealt with and yeah. you guys can mutually agree on those wounds that exist, then maybe, maybe then again, but that's, that's going to, it's going to take buy-in. So I think. I guess to, to broaden this question, it really comes down to actually by complete coincidence, what we were talking about in the beginning, which was the idea of you, you're going to have, you may have to allow the second opinion, which is his of saying, I don't need therapy to coexist with yours. that thinks you do. And it's obviously, it's going to be a huge, I, I can see how that could definitely be a huge strain. Um, you know, if there are, I would guess that there are behaviors or problems that are associated with this. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's some concrete things that you could point to and say, this is a problem because or whatever this problem happens this time. Um, so maybe, maybe trying to get agreement around specific issues that he could buy into and then, and then work towards a solution because oh yeah, I mean, therapy, I think, I, I, I think you underestimate how big of an ask therapy is. I think that, I think it's a big ask. Well, I think all women do because I think therapy is a lot easier 
for women. Uh, in, I, in general, yeah, I would agree. Yes. I feel more comfortable than you do talking to a therapist, right? Or, or anyone for that matter. You don't even talk to me about your feelings that much. Yeah. So I, I do think therapy is extra scary for men because that's you're being vulnerable when you go to therapy. And I think a lot of men, can I say that I do lack that or it, it depends on the person. I, don't, I wouldn't say we necessarily lack vulnerability, but actually I was listening to a podcast, uh, yesterday. No, just because Friday I don't listen to podcasts Thursday. And they were talking about this specifically. And they said part of being a man and, and, and this isn't like toxic masculinity. Part of being a man is shouldering a responsibility and, and suffering through a responsibility and doing it silently. Like that's part of what we're taught to do as guys. And it's, it's a noble quality. Like, Guys don't need to complain about all of their problems and like they can shoulder that burden. So asking them to give up that default mode, um, I think it, it, it it's again, I just go back to it's more, I think it's much more of a challenge than you anticipated being because that's what, I mean, that's what guys were supposed to, I, I'm not talking about suffering silently. Like if you need help as a guy, go get help. Like if you know, you're like, I am not okay and I need help, go get help. But if you're like, Oh, I'm like, I mean, yeah, this is tough, but like I'm handling it. I'm handling my crap and no one's getting hurt. That's, that's part of being a man and standing up and shouldering responsibility and, and just taking it, taking it silently. That's kind of what we do. And so like back to when I said we were having a rough time in our marriage and I brought up therapy because that's what you, that's what other people do, right? They say, go to therapy if you're having problems. So then you're like, well, I'll go to therapy, but he won't go to therapy. So that means our marriage is, you know, falling apart. Correct. Like, I think we just think worst case scenario as women, or maybe that's just my default mindset, but I was in that mindset as well, where I want to work on our marriage. And that means he has to want to work on it too, in the same exact way that I want to. So we're going to get a book and Jordan's like, I'll get the book. And I'm, he wasn't excited about it. And that made me mad. And so what I found, and this might work for you, it might not work for you was I was looking for there to be a problem in our marriage. And I think that we did have some issues and it was more so we just needed to grow out of them. I agree with that. Yeah. I think a lot of things like I, it's just, it's hard. But one thing that I found instead of forcing Jordan to read the book with me or to go to therapy with me, I started reading a book about marriage and I did it myself and it transformed the way I looked at him. It transformed the way I looked at our relationship. It was a book uh, called Love Unending by Becky Thompson. And it was about from a wife's perspective. And it helped me to kind of fall in love with Jordan all over again and go back to the beginning of our relationship. You didn't even know I was really doing this. I had no idea. Yeah. So it was like a 21 day book. But what I found is we had a lot of problems in our marriage because I had a lot of problems within myself and I had to look at myself and my hurts and my insecurities and I had to start to love myself. And then I saw, holy crap, there's really not that much wrong with my marriage. I don't think there's ever anything wrong with our marriage. We have, we have, We've had sometimes where like we just don't just I don't know. I think year seven was hard. I don't know if it was year seven. I know when it was, but I don't know the years and I don't know if you want to talk about that. Like when we had hard times in our marriage. I'm 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 sincerely I mean I think I know what you're talking about, but whatever. Let's just just go for it. What are you talking about? I'm <laughs> no, you go first, you brought it up. Okay, so I think Jordan and I got married. 
well, we had a baby first and then we were kind of thrust into being parents. He was working a lot. Then we were moving and then we were having more babies and then we were losing babies. And then we, we've just always been going, going, going where I never think we found our footing as a couple. Would you agree with that or no? This is, I think I would actually. Yes. I think we were immature. I think I was wanting you to make me happy. And I like, I heavily relied on Jordan to make me happy. If he was in a bad mood, I was in a bad mood. I think, I think for better or for worse, um, we got thrust past. I think we were, I think we were still in the infatuation stage when we got pregnant and we never had that time to actually, uh, kind of like solidify as a couple. And instead it was just like, Oh, all right, now we're a family. And so I think that, yeah, that probably caused trouble, but who knows? Maybe in that solidifying time we would have broken up. I know. I mean, you never, you never know. And I think that's why you just have to give yourself a lot of grace. I think one thing that is extremely hard, and I know we struggled, I see, and I say we, because when you're married, you think it's both, like, you think it's us, right? But maybe it's just me struggling and not so much my husband. And maybe there's something I need to change in myself and the way I look at our relationship that'll make us better. And comparison is, oh, it's the worst for a relationship. Wouldn't is it for you? Do you guys even compare relationships? Do you even care? A little bit, but not like massively, but a little bit. I mean, I, just, I think, I think it's, I think it's human nature to compare like behaviors of like a spouse compared to someone else's spouse. I think that's typical. Yeah. I just remember early on, I would, because we were a new married couple, young kids, I would look to other couples for what our marriage should look like. Oh, this makes sense. I think it goes back to what you grew up with and if you had a good example of marriage on what you're going to compare it to. And I didn't grow up with a good example of marriage. So I didn't have an example of what our relationship should truly look like. So when we got married, I was looking at other couples our age and kind of like, okay, well they're doing this and she's doing this and he did this for her. Why isn't Jordan doing that? And then I get mad. Right. Do you remember those, those years? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think it was just, I had to, I don't even know. I just remember Allison. <laughs> there, was a, there was another couple and um, they had kids around the same age as us. He traveled as well for work. And when he would get home from traveling, he would send his wife to get a massage. And when I heard that, I was like, clearly Jordan hates me. He doesn't love me. He's not sending me for a massage. And I got pissed. <laughs> Did I, did I like call you out on it? I don't even remember. I believe you did. Yeah. 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 He did that on more than one occasion. I was, I was not nice. Yeah. It was problematic. Because what it came down to is I didn't like myself and I needed your actions to validate my worth. The the funny thing about it is if she would have asked to go get a massage, I'm like, yeah, go get a massage. I don't give a crap. You're just not. But it was the fact that I didn't offer it. That was. uh... (laughs) And he didn't even know that I like would like that. And I was just steaming inside that somebody else's husband thought of that. And my husband didn't think of that. Quick sidebar. Massages, way too long. Very boring. No, they're not. They're amazing. When we lived in Perrysburg, it was this awesome dude. What was his, what was his, what was I the forget. name of his company? Oh man, I'd love to give him a shout out. If you live in Perrysburg, go there. He's on, he's on front street. But yeah. there was one time I went there and I was, I got an hour massage. Cause this was back when I was driving a lot. My back hurt. And this is completely irrelevant to your question. So I'm so sorry if you think I'm not taking this seriously. Um, and I was like, so 
I was in I was in the middle of binge watching the West Wing. And I was just like, I'm I'm just gonna put my headphones in and watch the West Wing because you know there's like a hole in the masseuse table. So I put a a little stool under that hole and then my West Wing show on, and it, <laughs> and it was a dude. So I mean, it was all all, all legit. <laughs> That's and awesome. Dude just gave me a massage, worked on my uh, my spinal column. He used to dig his elbow into my buttocks. It was magnificent. We make my back spasm. Dude was awesome. It was like neat. Some it's like it was neat, much needed. Much needed. K n e a d e d or something like that. Yeah. He was a great guy. If you're in Perrysburg, you want a massage? Go to him. He's sweet. Yeah. Anyways, so yes, I, I think um, you brought up though an interesting point about the idea of reading that book, um, of reading the book or doing like a program and stuff. And I know there's been a ton of like kind of semi hokey Christian movies on this and stuff like that. And I see it advertised on Facebook every once in a while. It's like the win your wife back challenge or something like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I think that's, I think there's a good thing. Um, I think there's a good, a good thing to that. I mean, like Jesus says in the gospels, you know, don't, don't worry about the, the splinter in your neighbor's eye when you've got a beam hanging out of yours. So I, I, I always love the mental image there of like someone with like a huge two by four, like sticking out of their eye and they're like walking around hitting stuff in a room with this beam from their eye. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not saying you're in the wrong. This, your husband, whoever you are, uh, your husband might be 100% in the wrong and you might be a hundred percent in the right. Um, but you can only control what you can control. Yeah, and so I, you know, keep your head down, try to stay positive. And again, if this is, this is the huge disclaimer every way through this, if anyone's being hurt or thinks they might hurt themselves, go get professional help. It's game over. You like the game over. If someone's getting hurt or you think you might hurt yourself, it's game over. Get help. You need a reset button. And it doesn't matter what it takes to get that reset button. Get that reset button. But if you're working through things, you can only control what you can control. Mm -hmm. And so. And I've said this before, and Jordan might not agree with me um, to people who are struggling in their marriage because I get a lot of messages about it and what should I do. And. I think that you focusing on yourself and getting yourself the strongest possible, especially if you're a mother, is going to help you in the long run. So let's say I don't want any marriage to fall apart. I, I don't want divorce. But if you were to have to close that chapter in your life, you're going to be light years ahead of where you would have been if you had waited on doing the work on you. I don't know if you agree with that, Jordan. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I just, uh, obviously, from a Catholic perspective, we are 100% against divorce. But yeah. I would say, um, you know, there there is times where people have to separate and have to get some breathing room and reassess and reevaluate and, like, reset button. Like, we we're talking about a reset button, you know? Sometimes you need that reset button, and it can be justified. Obviously, it's a very drastic step, but... Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's never a bad thing to work on yourself. And when you're pointing the finger at someone else, like you're missing a huge opportunity to grow yourself. And I think for so long, I was like, if you don't change Jordan, if you don't do this, then I was waiting on him to magically make me happy when I wasn't even happy inside. So even if Jordan would have been doing all the right things and would have sent me for a massage and done this, I still had inner issues that I had to work through to feel enough. Yes. In myself. What's the story? Is it embarrassing? Oh, yeah. It's embarrassing for you. Great. All right. <laughs> oh, God. No. So, Allie wanted a Land Rover desperately. Oh, dear Lord. That's she wanted a Land Rover absolutely desperately. So, we found this place that had a Land Rover. We drove up to Michigan. I bought... was such a brat. I'm so, so embarrassed by all so this. So, we bought a Land... I bought my wife her Land Rover. And there was one time she was acting acting a fool. This wasn't year seven. This was pretty early. This was like year two or three. 
And, um, acting yeah. a fool. I was acting a fool. Yeah. I probably was. Yeah. And I said something along the lines of, I said, why don't you just go and just go drive around in your Land Rover. You'll be happy. Do you, I remember exactly when you said that. And it was pro- postpartum depression with Samuel. I was bawling and you we weren't, weren't, we weren't in Paris. Yes, were we? we were. I, well, you said it then too. Oh, maybe I, I might've used it more than once. He did use it more than once. He's like, well, why aren't you happy? You have what you wanted. You said she said, she I told did. me that's what she wanted. But that mindset. Exactly. It just got that. Yeah. Exactly. That's what it goes to is, you know, you weren't actually happy. You just no. told yourself that would make you happy, but it didn't. We're always searching for that external happiness when you literally have to find you it have to find inside. It and for so long, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in other episodes. Like I grew up in a trailer. Um, I didn't have a lot. Jordan, you joke that you rescued me. <laughs> <laughs> I rescued her out of that trailer. Um, but I grew up thinking if I have a nice car, if we have a nice house, if, if I have a name brand purse, people are going to like me because I didn't like me. And Jordan got to see all the stages of me trying to be the Joneses, right? At the beginning of our relationship, I was like, our kids have to dress perfect. I have to be accepted because I didn't like me. And I thought that if everybody else liked me, I I would be enough, but it wasn't, it was never enough. Yeah. And we, it, it, well, and, and part of it is too, right? We went from, we went from yeah. pay, living paycheck to paycheck and living in a fine, I mean, it was a perfectly fine house, nice little 1500 square feet, three bedroom, perfectly safe, good house. But then we rented when we were first in Toledo. So like we, and I had this new job, we were making a lot of money. And so we catapulted ourselves into this house in this neighborhood. That Huge. I, even now, I don't think we would live in. No, I mean, so, it was so nice. It was, it was so stupid. It was like $2,500 a month to rent. We're talking like back in 2010. It was like, but like I had to move for work and the money was good. So like we could justify it. And I remember Jordan being like, why don't we do like this? And I'm like, my mindset was, I want people to know that I'm special or something like that. Like I just wanted to make a point like, because we had just gotten pregnant before marriage and I wanted to justify, look at us. Like that was my mindset because I was so insecure. It was so bad, but guess what? I was unhappy in that house and it like, I would, the house was actually pretty sweet. The house was, (laughs) Yeah. But I was grasping for all of these things to make me feel like to make me feel complete. And I was empty inside. And I know Jordan, you used to take that really hard when I would say how unhappy I was. Yes. I took it really hard. Yeah. I mean, but I was was like, here I am providing a really good life and, and it's not good enough. And he like, and I understand like at first I'm like, that doesn't make sense, but it does. I wasn't saying I was unhappy with Jordan. He was fulfilling. Like he was amazing. I wasn't happy inside myself. And I think until you're happy inside your own skin with all your insecurities, it's really hard to have a good relationship with anyone for that matter. Yeah. I, in, in the hopes of keeping this within a half, around a half hour, we're at 23 minutes now. Um, I would just say going again, going back to the marriage thing. And this is something where you maybe you're not religious. Maybe you are, but, uh, this, this is a point that goes back to, to just faith and belief in God. And that is that, if you're expecting your your spouse to make you whole, you are you. All of us have a, a God shaped hole in our heart, and God is is infinite and perfect. And if you're asking your spouse, most people have that with that God shaped hole. They don't they don't realize it's a God shaped hole in their heart. 
and they look for things and people to fill it. And no human being in the world, no matter how perfect they are, will be able to fill your God-shaped hole in your heart. And so you've got to figure out what that hole, what that God-shaped hole looks like in your heart and figure out how to, how to make it right. Um, because yeah, if, you know, that's, that's just tough. It's really tough. And to put it all on a spouse yes. is, is impossible for them to, to handle. I want to say like, we've been, I've been laying extra stuff on Jordan as of late. Um, losing, losing my mom. Yes. After Lucy, I kind of had like a downward, downward spiral. Cause we're so used to having these people in our lives and losing my mom was a huge, it's a huge hole in my heart. And so <laughs> I wanted Jordan to take her place. And I was expecting him when I have hard times to comfort me the way that my mom comforted me. And he's not her. And I even, didn't I say, what did I say? You said you? something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You were like, I just want someone to, I, I, I forget, I forget how it came up, but I was like, I'm not your mom and I'm not going to be your mom. And I was like placing that expectation on him. Like he was supposed to know that since she was gone, that he had to now fill her shoes and now be my husband <laughs> and my mom and coddle me in a way that only a mother could. But we just have to really be careful with placing such huge expectations on our spouses because they're a person too. And you have a lot to carry that I'll never understand. Silently suffer. Shoulder that burden. <laughs> a marriage is hard and it is so complex, but I... I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, anyone thinks... It's so yeah. thick. Anyone it's... thinks marriage is easy. I always remember, like, so, again, conservative guy. I remember Mitt Romney was, like, talking about his, his marriage with his wife. He's like, I think we've had, like... You know, I think they've been married for, like, 30 years. They have five kids. And he's like, I think we've had, like, less than five fights our whole marriage. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe that's true. Maybe you call fights differently, or maybe you are both saints. Yeah. But I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so, bro. (laughs) And I think it's a slippery slope, too, where you have all these marriage experts. And I'm using air quotes right there because nobody has all the answers on how to handle a relationship because each of us are so different and all of our marriages are going to look different. And that's why, like I said before, comparison is so toxic to your relationships. And I just feel like, don't take what works for us and think, okay, this works for them. We have to do this and vice versa, because what works for us might not work for you and what works for you might not work for us. And it's important to just kind of like take it in. It's not, you know, what, what would you call it? Like the Bible. It's not the Bible. Like what people say works for them. The gospel. Yeah. The gospel, but try it out, see how it works. But I really think working on yourself is, is huge. And loving yourself because you're going to, when you love yourself, you're going to have a better relationship with every single person in it. And I think you just go, yeah. I mean, so again, reheading back to the very heart of the question is, you know, what should you do? Um, I think we've given a lot of good ideas about how to handle it. And it seems that this isn't victim blaming. Like I said, if you're, if you're the victim in a situation that, that needs to be resolved, but it's not victim blaming. It's controlling what you can control. And that's, that's all you can do. And, um, but you know, tactically, how do you control that situation? That's going to vary depending on the situation. And so hopefully, you know, between working on yourself, maybe strengthening faith, maybe it is getting a therapist, maybe it's getting a friend to approach, 
uh, in this specific case, your husband or something like that, if you guys have a, a couple that can help you and maybe kind of like point them in some things or, or maybe, or maybe it's just a huge, maybe it's a big misunderstanding. And, um, yeah. Cause yeah. a lot of times you assume that you know what they're thinking. I've done that many times in our marriage yeah. and I'm like way off base and I'm like creating this whole narrative in my mind that Jordan hates me and, you know, wants to be with somebody else. And that's, I, we think the worst. Yeah, that's and a narrative. We're gonna build on it. That's just a narrative. Is that what a narrative means? Is that the definition of a narrative? Yeah, I'm just saying that that's only a narrative. That's not real life. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's just but... a narrative. Oh, you're trying to say that's well, that's it's what's just, happening? No, no, it's a narrative. Jeez, Louise, <laughs> took you. She's a little thick, folks. I'm tired. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're doing a great thing by wanting to work on your marriage and working on yourself. And I think that's awesome. And the fact that you, the fact that you put it in as a question shows, yeah, that you're serious, that you're taking, you're serious about it and you're taking steps to try to fix the situation. I guess and I didn't think about this. Uh, and it, it just goes back to, again, it being a bit of a miscommunication. Um, this is obviously something that's heavy on your heart. Yeah. This could very well be like, he, like number 20 on his like to do list. to like, wait, Wait, it's, it's really that big of a problem? It's yeah, that like, serious? It's number one on your list, but it's 20th on mine? That, yeah. Oh, and, I never thought about that. Yeah, and he's like, uh, okay, well, I'm more concerned about my job and, yeah, you know, this manager who's been busting my balls for the last three months and scaring the crap out of me. Like, will I have a job and the economy's crappy and inflation is stupid and There's on and so on much. and on. There's you know? so much. So I'd say, yeah, if I'd have great, have as much grace as you can because circumstances as of the past couple of years are really heavy on a lot of people. But I think you working on yourself is huge and he'll come when I think they always say, well, they, I hate saying they, but I heard be the spouse you want your spouse to be. And I think that's really powerful. If you want them to be understanding, be sure that you're being understanding with them. And I think it really just strengthens your relationship and just builds you as a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Look at that, 30, I was, we checked, we looked at the clock at 30.02, that went really well. That so hopefully good. this first stream of consciousness, striving for more, well, see, striving for more has, uh, has been good and not crazy. I don't yeah. know. I, I actually didn't hate doing it. I, I like, I, I love, like, Jordan, you talking about God in the hole in the heart, like, he doesn't talk to me like that. That was so awesome. It, it kind of gave me chills. <clears throat> It does. I love hearing you talk. And I know if your husband isn't a feelings person and doesn't talk a lot, maybe you need to do a podcast. Okay, no, you don't. Because now you, if you're laying that on the list of things to, that's wrong with your marriage. But give them space. Give them time. I think it, it takes a lot of time for men to come around to feelings and talking. And it does take a lot of time for men to Badooch. Oh my goodness. Alrighty. Well, we will be back next week. We will record on Saturday and post on Sunday. And like Jordan said at the beginning, please like, I don't know if you can like podcasts. Yeah, you can. You can like it, subscribe it. But subscribe to it. I think you can leave a review. That, yeah. I think I've heard those help five-star reviews. If you have a one-star review, keep it yourself. Two stars, same thing. <laughs> yeah. Only if you have good things to say. <laughs> Stop. Now we're going to get all these one-stars. Um, also, if you could take a screenshot of the podcast that you're listening to, tag Ali Dar and at Striving for More Wellness, Jordan's Instagram, now that he's on the gram. So many of you are excited that he has finally came around to Instagram. He was an Instagram hater. 
Yeah, I was an Instagram hater. Yeah. I'm going to be starting a locals page pretty soon. That's going to be pretty finance and fitness heavy. I'm actually kind of excited for that too. Wow, we'll see. I got a lot to do. I built a fence too. We built a fence. We're... What's this weed crap? I did. Oh. Uh, I held the fence in place on that first post. You, you were like, can you push harder? I'm like, I'm pushing as hard as I can. <laughs> Okay, I built 99.9% of the fence. He did build a fence, and that's pretty awesome, because last year we're like, we need somebody to build a fence, and we waited for somebody to build a fence, and this year you're like, I'm building the freaking fence. I'm building that so good. Went pretty well. All right, well, we're rambling, so it's yep. probably time to end this. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening, and we'll talk later. Bye.